Light this bitch up. <clears throat> fuck out of my face. Friggin' immigrants. I have a poster of Jesus holding the clock and it's turned to the side. There's nothing more inspirational than that, my friend. Let's kill our way to freedom. I probably shouldn't say that because I'll get in trouble. Okay, we don't have racism anymore, but back then, we have racism. Get your finger off that. It's a good thing I was drunk. Welcome back to uh, Caligula episode six. Yeah, it is. Oh, and I'm, uh, you know, a few episodes ago uh, where I said I was determined to stretch this thing out as much as possible. Right. Uh, if you, if, if for those people who didn't take me seriously, uh, let, this evi- let this episode be evidence. Yeah, let right. this episode be evidence of that. Let's because chew it we're up. Talk about Caligula. No. Sorry. Uh, yes. Now, uh, in the last episode, we were talking about all the reforms and the things that Caligula pushed through when he took his first consulship three months mm-hmm. into his reign. Uh, mostly good stuff. Okay, got to swear yep. an oath of loyalty to my sisters. A little bit weird, but okay. <laughs> but mostly good. Anti-censorship. Uh, laughed off any Majestus uh, claims. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Publish the accounts of the empire, doing good stuff. Like yeah. really good guy, good guy Caligula. They call him. <laughs> um, one of the other things, according to Suetonius, he did is he allowed the magistrates unrestricted jurisdiction without appeal to himself. Oh, handle it. I'm busy. I got gotcha. you. Listen, gotcha. you do what you think is right. You don't need to ask me. I trust you. And they're like, yeah, but right. shh. Turn around. No, that's not my penis. That's just, don't ask. Just turn around. It's okay. Sounds entirely reasonable, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Tony says he revised the lists of the Roman knights strictly and scrupulously, yet with due oh. moderation, publicly taking their horses from those guilty of any wicked or scandalous act but merely omitting to read the names of men convicted of lesser offences. Good guy, Caligula. Moderate. Good guy. He's, an, he's, yeah. he's another Augustus. Oh, my God. Fuck me. Yeah. 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 Or Agrippa. Yeah. Like, or you know, Agrippa. he's like, listen, okay, you guys can't be knights anymore, but we don't need to make a big deal out of it. Like, let's, right. just, let's just step down give quietly. Me a horse. I won't say anything. You don't need to give say anything. Horse. Give me a horse. Yeah. yeah. And the badge. The ring. Give me the horse <laughs> and the ring. Yeah. Uh, walk home in the saddle. Got out the saddle, but just walk just leave home. leave your badge and your gun on the desk and just turn around and walk out. We don't have to say anything. No harm. Don't say anything. It's okay. No foul. No harm. Yeah. No foul. Yeah. No foul. Yeah. Good guy. Um, and and unlike the way he's depicted in the film, where he's immediately bored with being emperor because he has to um, stamp, stamp all these documents and say in the name of the people in the Senate of Rome. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to Suetonius, he was extremely serious and sensible, Ooh. at least in the early days. Suetonius right. writes, to lighten the labour of the jurors, 
He added a fifth division to the previous four. He also tried to restore the suffrage to the people by reviving the custom of elections. That's right. Because that was taken away from them. Was that Tiberius or Augustus? When the vote was taken away. Yeah, Tiberius. Tiberius. I I mean, Augustus. Augustus basically said, look, um, you vote any way you please. Right. But but as long as it's this guy. That's right. Um, You know, I I recommend this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But you vote according to your conscience. Right. As long as it's this guy. Um, <laughs> but you vote. It's up to you. Yeah. It's a democracy we have here. Yeah. Vote for anyone you like. For every time you vote, you yeah. get a sticker. You wear yeah. it proudly. You get a sticker, you can wear it proudly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But this guy. Or maybe this guy, but at least one of these two guys. Yeah, not that, not him. Not that uh, the third guy. Not that him. guy. No, 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 no. No, he's a communist. We don't want him. Yeah. <laughs> but any of these two guys, <laughs> you know, they've been vetted. They're okay. Yeah. yeah. They're both on the corporate tit. Good people. Uh, they're good fine. People. Good people. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they accepted right my people. bribe. That third guy didn't accept my bribe. <laughs> you can't vote for him. These two yeah. took, my, took my money. Right. So, <laughs> Of course, they didn't get to elect a new emperor. No. That's, no that's not on the that. ticket. No. No, but the power to elect everyone else. Reminds me of democracy in communist countries like Cuba or China. Right. People go, well, they don't have democracy. Well, they do. They go, well, it's not real democracy. Well, who's to say what Let's, real democracy is? There's yeah, all exactly. different kinds of democracy. Your democracy right. is not the Layers. same as the kind of democracy they had in Rome or Athens or American yeah. democracy is not the same as Australian democracy or British democracy or French democracy. Exactly. These are different, or Canadian democracy. These are different kinds of democracies. Democracy yeah. is different everywhere. You can't say, you know, this is the only way to do it. China, Cuba have different kinds of democracy. Yeah. You can vote. For people, certain people. They right. have to be all part of the same party. Sure, But sure. let's be honest, everyone in America is part of the same party as well. It's the corporate party. Exactly. The big business party um, has different like factions, pretend. different divisions, but it's all the big right. business party. Yeah. Um, uh, if you can't see that, then... <laughs> it's a it's a show game we play with ourselves. Kool-Aid too long. Right. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's what the priest yeah. said to me when I was a young boy. It's just a shell game. Yeah. Which cup is my penis under? Ah, wrong one. Try this one. This one. It's the one I'm looking at. It's the one I'm pointing at. It's that one. It's that one. <laughs> I'm holding it up with my penis, actually. <laughs> How do you think so... it was moving? Like, I got my hands are here. Like, <laughs> what was making it move? Come on. Think my hands right. are up here. Look. Think. My hands are up here. Look. Look, look, look. Anyway. <laughs> Going to hell. <laughs> oh, that's on the that's bingo <laughs> that's on the bingo card uh congratulations to anyone who's finished the bingo card uh, i think that was the last one there's no there's oh. one thing you haven't said that you always say around about now that's also on the bingo card oh what's that what is it no oh you haven't said it he will he will oh, say it. Hold will. it he will say it yeah, yeah he'll hold out for it you'll know it when you hear it all right Um, but you know look it's certainly better than they've had for many decades they're getting to have real elections for people in Cursus Anorum now Suetonius also says uh, 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 he remitted the tax of a 200th on auction sales in Italy made good to many their losses from fires 
And whenever he restored kings to their thrones, he allowed them all the arrears of their taxes and their revenue for the meantime. For example, to Antiochus of Comagene, 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 Chameleon, Kamajani was a buffer state between Armenia, Parthia, Syria, and Rome. They originally called it Kama 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 Chameleon, but it was but they couldn't fit it on the coins. Right, too long. So yeah. they they, fir- they tried abbreviating it first to KKK. <laughs> no, that got a bad reception. So uh, then they realized they the, changed the yeah. Right, the name was actually bigger than the country changed. itself. So that wasn't working. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they changed it to Kamajini. To Antiochus of Kamajini, a hundred million sesterces that had accrued to the treasury. Now, I want to talk about yes. Antiochus the fourth of Kamajini. Okay. And I'm going to apologize to you, Ray, here now in front of all of these people on this no the day of our wedding. Um, because I didn't warn you that I was going to talk about this. Right. Because uh, I decided late last night, and by the time I finished, it, I was too tired to bother opening my email and emailing. You. I got you. <laughs> I got you. But it's it's kind of important. It's relevant. Uh, it's about Israel and the Jews, which we've been talking about in our yeah. Cold War show. We we, we uh, I made a movie about it, uh, and it's it's relevant to this period of history. Okay. Um, Caligula and, and all of this kind of stuff. So Antiochus of Comagene, a.k.a. his full name was Gaius Julius Antiochus IV Epiphanes. Um, now, Comagene had been an independent kingdom uh, since the death of the Seleucid king, Antiochus IV Epiphanes in 163 BCE. Okay. Uh and I want to, I want it was part of like Syria and Judea and all of this kind of stuff. Um, now, this guy, I'm talking about Antiochus IV of Comagene is is later guy, right? Mm-hmm. 200 years later. His ancestor, the Seleucid king, people who listen to our Alexander series know that the Seleucid kings came from Seleucus, one of Alexander's generals who fought in the war of the successors and right. basically took modern the modern middle east large chunks of the modern middle east uh, after the division of the empire fought for it for decades now this guy antiochus the fourth epiphanes 163 164 bce he died somewhere around there interesting character mm-hmm. uh, especially for people who listen to our alexander series his original name was mithridates Ooh. Uh, we know about the Mis- Mithridates. Yeah. Uh, Poison King. And, and yeah, that is much later on, obviously. Right, right, right. That this guy was, a, was of the Mithridates as well. Nice. He successfully, as the king of uh, the Seleucid kingdom, he successfully attacked the Ptolemies in Egypt twice oh my God. around 169 BCE. Now, you remember when we were doing the War of the Successors, Ptolemy, one of Alexander's generals, uh, took Egypt for himself. Right. And a uh, bunch of guys tried to get in there and kick him out because yeah. he'd stolen Alexander's corpse. Mm-mm. They couldn't get in, man. Yeah. Uh, crocodiles. Crocodiles. Crocodiles and, and sharks with freaking lasers rock. on their freaking heads are in the Nile. <laughs> couldn't couldn't right. get in. Um, couldn't get through. He, 
clamp that shit down. Tom the Crocs ate well but, that day, my friend. Uh-huh. <laughs> Here we are 270 years later. Right. Uh, this guy, Antiochus, manages to... Well, I guess he built better bridges. They worked out bridges in that period of time. Oh, right. right. Bridges. Okay. Maybe we'll try That's that. idea. Built yeah. bridges over the Nile, got away from the sharks and the crocodiles, managed to lay siege to Alexandria, mm-hmm. uh, didn't get in, um, did a peace deal once, then came back, did it again. Second time he gets stopped by the Romans. Now, this is a great story if you've never heard it. Okay. He was stopped by a complete badass Roman called Gaius Pompilius Laenus. All right. You ever heard of this guy? I think I've heard of Pompilius, but I don't know this guy. Well, the only thing we know about this guy, the only two things is that he was a consul twice. Right. And this story. This is all that we have in the archaeological record as far as I'm aware. Here's how Livy tells the story. After receiving the submission of the inhabitants of Memphis uh, and the rest of the Egyptian people, some submitting voluntarily, others under threats, Antiochus marched by easy stages towards Alexandria. After crossing the river at Eleusis, about four miles from Alexandria, he was met by the Roman commissioners to whom he gave a friendly greeting and held out his hand to Pompilius. So at this stage, he's the Seleucid kingdom's on friendly terms with the Romans. Pompilius, however, placed in his hand the tablets on which was written the decree of the Senate and told him, first of all, to read it. So he puts out his hand to shake his hand. He goes, "Uh uh-uh, and gives him a tablet. Read that first. I'm not going to shake your hand. Until you read that. After reading it through, uh, Antiochus said he would call his friends into council and consider what he ought to do. Pompilius, stern and imperious as ever, drew a circle around the king with a stick he was carrying and said, before you step out of that circle, give me a reply to lay before the Senate. For a few moments, he hesitated, astounded at such a peremptory order, and at last replied, I will do what the Senate thinks right. Not then, not till then did Pompilius extend his hand to the king as to a friend and ally. Antiochus evacuated Egypt at the appointed date, and the commissioners exerted their authority to establish a lasting concord between the brothers... This is the brothers in Egypt, as they had yet hardly made peace with each other. Ptolemies were fucking each other and fighting each other as always. Right. What uh, a badass story. Yeah. He just draws a ring around him. <laughs> probably did it with his dick. I'm just saying. I don't know. I wasn't there, <laughs> but probably. Damn. That's fake. Don't the leave the ring out. until exactly. you give me your answer. <laughs> don't fuck up. Don't fuck up. Oh, I love and that story. And it worked. Yeah, it Nobody, worked. No but Antiochus is a king. He's yes. a Seleucid king. Pompilius mm. is a, a former consul, right. not a king. But this is like 169. Already Rome is powerful enough. Antiochus looks at Pompilius, yeah. looks at his guys. That sounds goes, right. Yeah. All right. 
yeah, yeah. I'll give you what you want. Fair, fair enough. cop. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Fair, fair cop. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I'll be I'll be seeing you or or not. Bye. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <clears throat> Do you think he ever used that himself on other people from that point on? People were like, he asked people for a decision. They go, oh, I have to think about it and just draw a ring <laughs> draw around a circle. It. Tried it on his I'm wife. I'm surprised once. Julius Caesar did. <laughs> <laughs> Never tried it again. Surprised Julius yeah. Caesar didn't do something like that. Well, he did. Circumvallation. That was Julius yeah. Caesar's ring around Vercingetorix. <laughs> two walls. He's like, yeah, let me draw two, two, draw, yeah. two, two rings. <laughs> two rings. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Kill every tree yeah. around here, but. Yeah, he does it big. Caesar does it big. Now, Antiochus is also famous for his harsh treatment of the Jews. This is the bit that I really mm-hmm. want to get into. We're going to do a little right. bit of um, history name of Jew? Judea. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, name that Jew. <laughs> okay. um, I'm sorry. Now, after he died, uh, no, no, we'll get back, go back a step. So... The Seleucid kings and the Ptolemy kings had mm-hmm. both been pretty easy on the Jews in their respective periods of ruling over Syria right. slash Palestinia slash Judea, right? This whole period, this whole area. Yeah. They'd had different cracks at it, and, and they were all pretty respectful of the Jews. They were like, look, you're old and wacky, but uh, it's fine. We get no it. Fuss, Just, no fuss, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Stay out of the way. But... When Antiochus was in Egypt, the Jews heard a rumor that he'd been killed. Uh, uh, they didn't know somebody had just drawn a ring around him with his dick. They thought he'd actually been killed. And they pulled one of their old Messiah tricks and rebelled. Oh, oh shit. It was started by Mattathias the Hasmonean, a Jewish priest, decided that this was a good time to... Fulfill the prophecies of the Messiah. He's like, hey, listen. Sure. I, I, this is it. I, 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 I'm not one to big note myself, as you all know. You all know me. Maddie the Hasmo. I mean, you know me. <laughs> I'm just a guy. But, you know, but maybe, looks left, looks right, maybe. <laughs> shh, 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 shh. Come in, come in, come in close. Take a knee. Maybe I'm the fucking Messiah. Like, oh, they're like, what? No, no. Hey, listen, listen. I, like, I've always, I'm just saying, always had this feeling that I was kind of special. I was kind of meant yeah. for something. Yeah. Maybe I'm the Messiah. Maybe I'm the guy that we've yeah. been waiting for for 800 years. Maybe I'm the guy that's finally going to right. overthrow our oppressors and uh, make <laughs> Judaism the global religion. Everyone will worship and, Yahweh. There'll be eternal peace on the earth. Awesome. Uh, maybe maybe I'm I've got I'm just a vessel. Yeah, and his best friend yeah. said, "I fucking knew it. I fucking knew it yeah, the whole I fucking, time. I always knew it. Yeah, I knew it. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> While I was fucking your wife, I said, I bet. Oh, shit. Uh, he is so special. Uh, anyway, hey, you know what you should do, Messiah? Like, forgive your enemies. Turn the other cheek. <laughs> uh, I fucked your I'm wife, gonna... but thank you yeah. for forgiving me. Yeah, yeah." Forgive me. What are you going to do? Yeah. Anyway, so the the, the revolt uh, they they rebelled against the oh, uh, Seleucid rule. Right. Started by Mattathias. Now, after he died, his son he had a bunch of sons. His son Judas, good name, took control of the revolt. Right, and he was given the name the Sledgehammer, Judas oh, the Sledgehammer. Nice, nice, and that's when right, professional nice, wrestling right. started. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
There's pile driver, the sledgehammer, the corkscrew. I have no idea. Anyway, go ahead. He was called um, Jewy, the Jew sledgehammer. <laughs> um, the Jew hammer. And anyway. The Jew hammer. <laughs> and, in, and in Hebrew, sledgehammer, the word was Maccabee. So oh. he became known as Judas Maccabee, and gotcha. this is where the book of uh, 1 and 2 Maccabees comes from, right. which I don't think is in the Catholic Bible anymore, but I think it's still in the Orthodox Bible. It was part of everyone's Bible up until, a, I don't know, a couple hundred years ago. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, the Maccabean Revolt. And he basically adopted guerrilla warfare to fight the Seleucids because yeah. uh, he couldn't go head-to-head -head with them. And guerrilla right. warfare, by the way, first written about by who, Ray? Give me a rough time period, just so I'll know. Is it we're talking Caesar here? What are we talking? Sometime between the dawn of history and now. <laughs> Can't narrow that down. I don't know who. Tell me. Sutsa in the art of war, oh, sixth century BCE. I was thinking white people. Warfare. Sorry, I feel bad now. Mm. I'm such a racist. God. Anyway. I don't mean to be. Uh, anyway. Uh, I was thinking, okay, we don't have racism anymore, but back then, <laughs> a lot of racism. Yeah. <clears throat> but the father of guerrilla warfare right. is Quintus Fabius Maximus Vericosus. Nice name. The dictator of Rome who used it to fight against Hannibal. Right. It was called the Fabian strategy. Not very popular in his day. A lot of the Romans were like, this isn't, this isn't how we do it right. in Rome. No. Romans do not fight sneaky. We go toe to toe, head man to head, to dick swinging. That's right. Man to man. Chest to chest. We don't. Yeah. No <laughs> sneaky shit. By the way, that's the where the Fabian. If you've ever heard of the Fabian Society, which mm -hmm. is a socialist group founded in 1884, that's where they get their name from. The Fabian Strategy oh. of Fabius, the father of guerrilla warfare, because they were trying to uh, undermine uh, right. capitalism uh, quietly. On this quietly, okay. we're not going to have a big revolution. We're just going to quietly undermine it from the shadows until it collapses. The shadows. Anyway, getting yeah. back to uh, this Maccabean revolt. Now, there was this high priest uh, of Jerusalem at the time called Jason. Right. Uh, not a very Jewy sounding no. name. He'd Hellenized his name. Guess what his original name was? Um... Jehovah. No, I don't know why. Jesus. Oh. He was like, Jesus sounds too Jewy, <laughs> even though Jesus is Jesus is the English version of the Greek version of the Hebrew version wow. of Yeho uh, uh, Yeshua. Wow. Um, but he, Joshua. Jason. But yeah, he changed it to Jason because he was a Hellenized Jew. Gotcha. I, I, I talked uh, in an earlier episode about Philo and St. Paul, mm -hmm. Hellenized Jews. Mix and matching, a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Um, Jason was one of those and the high priest. Um, and he gathered, he'd been deposed and he gathered a force of a thousand soldiers and made a surprise attack on nice. the city of Jerusalem. Okay. Um, now, basically, this was a war between two different families who wanted to be high priest. Oh. Jason 
had previously bribed Antiochus to make him the high priest. Right. Then a few years later, Menelaus, who was on the other faction, was sent to Antiochus by Jason to pay the annual tribute, Mm -hmm. but cunningly said to Antiochus, hey, if I, uh, how much would I need to throw in here on top of this to get you to make me the high (gasps) priest? Dick. And he gave him a number. He said, "Done. Um, give me. I'm gonna need. I'm gonna need thirty days to come up with the money." But done. He goes, "Great. Done." So he. So Menelaus is the new high priest. Jason has been deposed. Oh. Um, Menelaus goes back to Jerusalem. Has to sack the temple to pay to get all of the all of the treasure oh, out of it shit. to pay the bribe right. to Antiochus. Not cool, man. Obviously, the Jews are like, that's not cool, man. <laughs> so this is what this is when Jason. So that this is happening, and they supposedly hear Antiochus is dead. So um, Jason is uh, uh, attacking Jerusalem to kick out Menelaus. Right. Uh, the Mattathias, the Hasmo, Matty has, he's attacking it as well. Um, Menelaus, the high priest, is forced to flee Jerusalem. Now Antiochus gets back. Surprise, bitches! As I'm not dead. <laughs> Puts together a huge army, attacks Jerusalem, restores Menelaus, and executes thousands and thousands of Jews. Oh, gotcha. According to the books of the Maccabees, when these happenings were reported to the king, he thought that Judea was in revolt, raging like a wild animal. He set out from Egypt and took Jerusalem by storm. Mm. He ordered his soldiers to cut... He wasn't happy. I mean, he just had somebody draw a ring around him. So you can imagine how he was feeling at the time. He goes, I'll show you fucking rings. (laughs) He, uh, He ordered his soldiers to cut... Down without mercy those whom they met and to slay those who took refuge in their houses. There was a massacre of young and old, a killing of women and children, a slaughter of virgins and infants. In the space of three days, 80,000 were lost, 40,000 meeting a violent death and the same number being sold into slavery. Damn. Now, take all that with a grain of salt. It's, it's sure. the book of the Maccabees. So but still, it's a Jewish propaganda piece. Right. But something happened, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Now, Antiochus decided to side with the Hellenized Jews because this, this was a war. The, the war of the high priest was a war between the Hellenized Jews and the traditional Jews. Mm-hmm. It's like the, the, the Orthodox Jews and the Christians. Right. Going to war, basically, right. right? It was the new Jews versus the old Jews. So when Christianity came along, they were the new new Jews. These are the old new Jews, the Hellenized Jews. God, make them wear um, jerseys. Oh, my God. Anyway. Yeah. So Antiochus decided to side with the Hellenized Jews because he thought, well, you know, they're easy to deal with because they love a little bit of Greek culture. Um, you can still be Jews, but you've got to be Greek Jews. Right. Now, I'll talk about some of the things that that involved, but one of the important things you need to know about Hellenized Jews is that they were known to engage in epispasm, a fancy word for foreskin restoration. I'm going to need a moment. Okay, hold on. Okay, go ahead. Tell me. Now... 
of course, in Hellenistic society, yep. Greco-Roman societies, yep. uh, the, you, you, you did a lot of socialising, a lot of business, naked, in the gymnasium, right. in the baths, yes. at sporting events. Virginia. It was, if, you, right. if you wanted to rise through society, yeah. you had to be part of these social gatherings Swing. where deals were done. Yeah. And you had to be naked, and if and, and if you were circumcised, <gasps> you that being circumcised was regarded by the Greeks as shameful. It's a tale. only right. s- only slaves and barbarians right. were circumcised. To the Greeks, exposing the glands, the tip, the head, mm-hmm. the shiny red, sh- you know, mm-hmm. helmet, right. The one-eyed monster of the penis right. was considered indecent or, at, at very least, vulgar. Right. Uh, uh, so, the, where the foreskin itself was considered a sign of beauty, civility, masculinity. The longer the foreskin, the better. If you had a foreskin that hang down to the floor, oh, you man. had to tie it around your right. ankle when you walked. <laughs> that was the manliest thing you could do. Was it? Now... <laughs> okay. Yes. So, you. you know, if, if you wanted to, to associate with the upper classes and do business deals, right. if you wanted to participate in athletic contests and exhibitions, <sighs> which were a, a prerequisite in many cases for social advancement... It's like playing golf. You needed to be... Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You, 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 you know, you needed to be nude. You needed to have your dick out, dick nude swinging, golf. and it couldn't be circumcised. Right. Right. So you had to reverse the polarity of the penis, no. basically. Uh-huh. Um, and I did a lot of research on how this was done. Uh, Ray, I ex- a lot of experimentation, personally. Um, <laughs> trying Is different. Something you like to tell me? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, different, different, you know, ways of going about it. Because I myself, as you well know, oh, am yeah. very circumcised, even though I'm not a Jew. <laughs> Thanks, mum and dad. Um, now, there was a number of ways of doing it. One is you could kind of cover it up using a thing called a kinodesme, a dog tie. A cord or a string. Tony Coniston gets his name from this uh, particular covering up. You're not making any friends here. Go ahead. Sorry. (laughs) Kino means dog. I've told him. I explained that to him. Kino means dog in Greek. Um, Now, it was a cord or a string or sometimes a leather strip. Right. Which would be tied around the tip of the penis. And then... It could be tied uh, the other end up to a, a waistband, which would kind of uh, pull the scrotum up oh. and hide the tip of the penis. Got it. All right. All right. So you couldn't see the glands. Right. And that was okay, you know. And also, it would pull your loose skin, assuming you're not erect at the time, right. over which the I'm glands. Not. Hide right. it. Right. <laughs> You're not really. Believe me, not erect right now. I'm flinching. If anything, I'm flinching. Oh, I'm hard. <laughs> I'm so hard. I'm just hard. But I say I take your point, sir. 
Uh, That's the way I like it. Uh huh. Uh huh. I think it's great. Yeah. Anyway, it's, uh, win, win, win. Yeah. <laughs> this is gold. Anyway, no, but I can be. Um. So you would stretch it up. Right. Now later on. During the reign of Tiberius, there was actually a surgical procedure where the surgeon would cut around the glands, freeing the sheath of skin surrounding the shaft of the penis, pull the skin forward and dress it so the skin would reattach to the glands, leaving a foreskin. Now, this is obviously a time before they have any kind of effective anesthesia, but Celsus... Kelsus, depending on how you want to pronounce it, the famous Greek uh, doctor, assured people that if they wanted to try it, it was not so very painful. For him. Yeah, to do it uh, is what he meant, yeah. Oh, oh, well, for you, oh, no, it's going to hurt like a motherfucker. I can do it all day long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I I mean, for me. Hold still. Yeah, like, it's a bit bit gross, but it's... I can do it. Grip my teeth, grip my teeth, and bear it. But yeah, for you, oh, what's my? I wish I cut the whole thing off. Twitchy, but go ahead, go ahead, pull down your pants. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, now I also think one of the things they did was sort of attach clamps to the loose skin of the shaft with with bricks at the other end. No, and sort of try and stretch it down. Over the glands. Right. Uh, when I was a young man, uh, I tried with a, putting my dick in a vacuum cleaner and turning it on high, hoping that would fix it. Um, because like the Greeks and the Romans, I didn't want anyone to think I was a Jew. Right. <laughs> and 30 minutes later... There was something in the uh, vacuum cleaner, but it, it wasn't a foreskin. Right. Um, so anyway, this is the truth. These people really did this because it was embarrassing to be circumcised. Oh, God. Now, okay. after all this, 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 this civil war is finished, yeah. Antiochus uh, does a deal with the Hellenized Jews. He outlawed Jewish religious rites and all of their traditions, ordered the worship of Zeus, by the Jews as the supreme god. Oh, no. The Jews refused, so Antiochus sent an army into Jerusalem to enforce his decree. The city of Jerusalem was destroyed. Mm. Again, you know, thousands killed. Right. And he established the Greek military uh, citadel of Acre outside of Jerusalem to basically be a permanent military base to keep an eye on Jerusalem. Gotcha. Uh, According to Josephus, the Jewish historian trader writing in the end of the first century CE, he compelled the Jews to dissolve the laws of their country and to keep their infants uncircumcised and to sacrifice swine's flesh upon the altar. Damn. Instead of just, instead of goats. Right. Right. he put a statue of Zeus up on the Temple Mount. He outlawed observance of the Sabbath and outlawed offering of sacrifices at the Temple. Possession of the Jewish scriptures was made a capital offence. Damn. 
But yeah. modern scholars, like the way the Maccabeans and the Jews used to position this was that, you know, he was just a brutal guy who came in and started kicking Jewish ass no. because he somebody had drawn a circle around him with their dick in the sand or something. But modern scholars yeah. say, well, actually, the evidence suggests that there was a civil war between the uh, rival factions mm -hmm. for the high priest, which was the top job, in Jerusalem, it was like you were the consul, you were the big man in town if you were the high priest. Right. Uh, uh, and it was the Hellenized Jews versus the, the traditional Jews. Basically, he came in to uh, put an end to it because his guy that he'd been bribed by to mm -hmm. get the job had been kicked out. He came in to settle affairs. Right. So it was a civil war that he basically clamped down on. Now, Antiochus died a few years later fighting the Parthians, and the Maccabeans still revolting. This never really ended. They kept it was guerrilla warfare, right? They kept right. coming back and torching a camp here and killing a guy there. It uh, they br briefly won control of Judea, but uh, it got shut down a little bit later. But it was during this period I wanted to point out during the Maccabean revolt that the Sadducees and the Pharisees mm -hmm. rose up as rival political factions, even within the Orthodox camp. Oh, um, the temple got uh, sort of destroyed right. by um, uh, uh, well, again, the, the the use of the temple had been destroyed by Antiochus, so they couldn't sacrifice in the temple. So the Pharisees were going, well, you know what? We don't need to sacrifice in the temple. We can just uh, talk about how great God is. Right. The, the Sadducees are like, no, no, fuck that shit. We've always <laughs> sacrificed in the temple. We've got to sacrifice in the temple. And so that's how the Sadducees and the Pharisees uh, came about. Jesus. Now, the, 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 when, when Antiochus died and the Maccabeans resumed control and they repurified the temple, that's where the Jewish holiday of Hanukkah comes from. Hanukkah means dedication. It's when ah. the uh, second temple in Jerusalem was cleaned, purified by the Maccabeans, by Judas Maccabeus. Uh, got rid of all the Greek gods and purified it, uh, 164, 163 BCE, somewhere around there. Now, this led to the Hasmonean dynasty, mm -hmm. which lasted from 163 BCE up until about 37 BCE in various forms. Gotcha. Um, after Antiochus died, as I said, the Maccabeans revolted again then, but then his successor, Demetrius I Salter, Antiochus's nephew, mm -hmm. sent another huge army into Jerusalem, took back control. So the, the Maccabeans go back to guerrilla warfare. This goes on. They're fighting each other. Jews, Jew on Jew violence, Jew on Greek violence. Right. <clears throat> it's, all, it's all going on. Until... Demetrius had to call his armies back because he had wars flaring up with the Ptolemies in Egypt and the Parthians again. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Ptolemies were supporting a rival faction in Judea. So this goes on for decades, this, this war in Jeez. Jerusalem. Right. Finally, around 142 BCE, Simon Maccabee, I think he was one of Judah's brothers, uh, managed to gain semi-independence from the Seleucids with the support of Rome. Mm. Now, this is the only time the Jews had been in control of the land between 586 BCE when King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon conquered it. Right. 
took them all took them all off to exile in Babylon, and the creation of the state of Israel in 1948. <laughs> but it's their land. Fine. Yeah, yeah, it's their land. Yeah, we control it for 12 minutes <laughs> at this point. <laughs> in the last two and a half thousand years, therefore, we lay claim to it. Now, of course, uh, the Romans then under Pompey made it a puppet state again because in 37 BCE, Mm -hmm. sorry, no, before that, uh, Pompey went in in about 63 BCE um, and and took control of it. Um, Then there was another battle. Then after he died, Julius Caesar sort of left him control. Remember there was this thing between, again, more high priest rival factions going on when Pompey got involved. Right. Then there was another civil war between the Hasmoneans and the Idumeans led by Herod in 37 BCE. Mm. Uh, then I think, you know, Mark Antony was involved in helping settling that. Right. And that's when King Herod the Great becomes the puppet governor of the whole region under uh the the second triumvirate essentially mm-hmm. uh augustus leaves him in that job he dies a couple of no a couple of his sons start fighting amongst each other as you remember from an earlier episode right. so there are conspiracies between herod's sons to overthrow him he has them killed sends right. his grandson to rome mm-hmm. uh gets raised friendly etc cetera, etc cetera. when herod dies in 17 ce uh, Tiberius makes it the Roman province of Syria. Mm-hmm. So it goes from being puppet government back to fully controlled like it was during the time of the Seleucid kings before the Maccabean revolt. Right. Now, young Antiochus was a direct descendant of the Seleucid kings. Nice. When his father died, he and his sister were taken to Rome and raised by Caligula's grandmother, Antonia Minor, Mark Antony's youngest daughter. Mm-hmm. They became Roman citizens. So when Caligula comes to power, he gives Antiochus back most of his kingdom and a shit ton of money. Nice guy. According to Suetonius, he did it to make it known that he encouraged every kind of noble action. So Caligula gave him back his freedom Mm -hmm. and a shit ton of money nice guy uh later on antiochus manages to get even more power but um there you go that's the abbreviated story of the jews right in that period how they went from being controlled by the seleucid kings to semi-independence full independence briefly right and then became a roman puppet state again and uh, eventually a full Roman province. But see, even that, even in the foreign policy, you could argue that Caligula is making, uh, maybe for the ultra-nationalist Romans, he's, they, they might not be happy, but if he's making policies that are winning Rome friends in other countries and they're going to be loyal allies or loyal um, client states, it's still a good move. This, this guy is just making a lot of good decisions. Maybe he's getting advice. I have no idea, even though he's 24 years old, but he's doing all the right things and putting Rome up. He's setting Rome up for success after everything that's happened. I mean, this guy is just, he's doing a great job and he's being loved by the people for it. Yeah. Yeah. Got it going on. Good Good guy Caligula. Exactly.
Suetonius, back to Suetonius. He says, uh, okay, to make it known that he encouraged every kind of noble action, Caligula gave 800,000 sesterces to a freedwoman because she had kept silence about the guilt of her patron, though subjected to the utmost torture. What? So unlike America today, she was loyal to her master, even though she was tortured, and he rewards her because if you're going to be a slave, be a good slave. Be a great slave. Be a loyal slave. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now, she was a freed slave, though. Right, okay. But they she's still her loyal. On tr- they, they, the, her, her former master uh, was accused of something. They brought her in. Did he do it? No. Did he do it? No. Let me stick these needles right. in your fingers. Did he do it? No. Ow, no. Okay, I'm gonna gonna pull your fingernails off now. Did he do it? No. <sighs> Eventually they were like, well shit, maybe he maybe didn't he do did. it. They obviously decided he did do it, but, but good because for her. she hadn't she's not a snitch, snitches right. get stitches. <laughs> snitches are bitches. He gave right. He gave her a reward. Eight. Now I'm yeah, I want to ask you, Ray. Yes. What kind of torture would you go through for eight hundred thousand dollars? Let's say. This, what would you be prepared to handle for that amount of money? This is where I would normally impress you, and I would mention whipping, flogging, uh, waterboarding, all this stuff. But to be honest with you, the right person just gives me the right kind of look, and I'll spill the beans. There, there's no hero here. I'm. It's. I'm not a hero. I'm sorry, but I'll turn on you in a second. That's who I am. That's who I am. That's that's given. We all we all know that. <laughs> you have no you, you have no spine. Do I, do I still get the money over the years? Do I get, no, no shit. No, you get executed. No, you get executed <laughs> could, for being a snitch. Could you Snitches make it quick? get bitches. Could you I make mean, it quick, stitches. Please? Yeah. No, no, we're gonna drag it. <laughs> well, fuck. That's the thing. You're gonna get tort- You're gonna get tortured anyway. <laughs> the only difference is you're gonna die. Okay. So, my original question, what kind of torture would you undergo right. for an $800,000 reward? Uh, I could take punches. I don't think I could take anything to my penis, so there's a giveaway right there. Um, Soundboard. <laughs> I got to learn to quit trusting you. Um, no, nothing with knives, nothing pointy. I'm not really into jabby-jabby. Um, like I said, I'll probably fold pretty quick. So no surprise there. Um, could I, uh, stick, uh, a large phallic object up your butt? How was that different? Oh, um, <laughs> yes, but talk nicely to me. Don't yell can at I, me anymore, I, please. What about pu- pulling fingernails out? Can no. I pull a fingernail I, out? One no, fingernail? No, I'll, I'd give up. It'll, it'll, it'll grow back. Will it? How quickly? Come on. Oh, not quickly. Yeah, not quickly. that's yeah. right. No, yeah. no, no. But you get $800,000. That buys a lot of paracetamol. Buy one fingernail. One fingernail. What about, um, can I chop off a finger? For $800,000, come on, you're not going to make that much money in how long? 20 years. 20. As a podcaster. Oh. $800,000. It's got to be on the <laughs> left hand. Because I'm I'm right-handed, I do things with my right hand, so it's got to right. be on the left. So hand. So not not your dominant hand, your other no. hand. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. Not your jerk hand, your other. No. Hand. Right. So that's fine. Yeah. So you, I could take a finger off, just one. Right. Quick. 
Quick, two, yeah, two no, fingers. No, please, just one. Just one finger. Please. And a thumb. One finger oh, and the thumb. No, I'm. I, that's what separates me from playing. I have to have the opposable digit. No, I need the thumb. Yeah, you'd have three fingers. The middle three fingers, though. You'd look like a well, Velociraptor a little bit. It's kind of cool. You're getting one of the fingers right now. Um, take the finger and the ring finger and leave me that's, with the two that's ring the fingers one I'm, in the front. I'm chopping off the middle finger. Yeah, that's the one that's gone. <laughs> you probably um, should. Yeah. What about an eye? Can I take an eye for $800,000? Oh, you see, don't need no, two eyes. We're, no, we're getting close to where I'm going to have to say no. Um, no, I won't. What about... Eyes. Yeah. What about tie you to a chair and make you listen to country music for a day? Would you... Buddy, where I live, I hear country music all the time. Going up and down the roads and the stores, uh, going through drive-throughs. No, that's uh, I'm immune to that because I already experience it. So I can handle that. We were at um, we were at Fox's uh, primary school, elementary school yesterday for an interview yeah. with the principal, and she's taking all these formal notes, number of teachers, and she says so. Some families uh, have things that they don't like their kids to be exposed to, uh, you know, uh, religious education, uh, uh, talk about politics, right. um, ha- Harry Potter, magic. Evil. Do you have any restrictions on what Fox can be exposed to? I said, look, we'd prefer it if you didn't make him listen to country music. Um, I think that's where we draw the line. And Chrissy said, well, except for Johnny Cash. I was like, well, of course, that goes without saying. <laughs> yeah, Johnny right, Cash is right, fine. Right. She said, and, and Loretta Lynn, well, yes, of course, Loretta Lynn, Dolly Parton. I mean, that the greats. goes without saying. Right. Yes. Yeah. But outside of that, no, 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 no country music recorded right. after 1976. Um, <laughs> uh, 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 I like Alabama, but that's probably not your thing. They said, what about bluegrass? And I go, well, bluegrass yeah. is different. That's not right. country. Exactly. Bluegrass is fine. Folk, Bob Dylan, it's right. fine. Yeah. Country, no. Right out. Lyle Lovett. Okay, I'll, I'll allow Lyle Lovett. Lyle Lovett yes. yes. It's fine. Poet. Outside of that, no country music. Right. That's, that's how I make a good impression <laughs> to the principal of the news. I'm glad she took notes. Oh, my mm. God. Mm. Anyway. Um, so, let's go on. Uh, because of these acts, says Suetonius, besides other honours, a golden shield was voted him, which was to be borne every year to the capital on an appointed day by the colleges of priests, escorted by the Senate, while boys and girls of noble birth sang the praises of his virtues in a choral ode. It was further decreed that the day on which he began to reign should be called the Prulia as a token that the city had been founded a second time. Oh. Now, the Perilia. Tell me what you know about the Perilia, Ray. Uh, I don't know about the Perilia. As far as I know, you're making that up to test me, and I won't be fooled. <laughs> so the, the city was supposedly founded a second time because he's now the emperor? What the fuck? Kind of... I got this. Thank you. I've heard the name. Who is he? Um, shock, gasp. No, I did not. Can you tell me about oh, it? I was yeah. in the wrong spot. That is all that matters. What about the Perillion? Why aren't we getting along? No, please tell me. Okay, I will. That's what I was looking for. The Perillion. Um, fascinating, the Perillion. I love the Perillion. It's a, it was a ceremony 
ancient, ancient Roman religion. Uh, in fact, probably uh, Tuscan, Italian, going back before Rome. Wow. That is going back. Goes back goes back before the establishment of Rome, they think, of sort of a, an agricultural religious festival performed annually on the 21st of April. Mm. Uh, in the northern uh, hemisphere, you're talking the beginning of spring. So it's basically an Easter festival going right back, right it's way, Sophie. way back. Sophie's birthday. Nailed it. Boom. There you go. You can you yeah. can tell her all about this. Play her this clip. This is okay. going to record this know. for Sophie. You can play her this know. later. Okay. The festival. The aim of the festival is to cleanse both the sheep and the shepherd of sins against the gods they may have committed in the previous twelve months. Sure. Uh, it was carried out as a as a ceremony to the Roman deity Parles, a deity that was the patron of the shepherds and the sheep, unknown, uncertain gender, parlies, man, woman, we don't know. Right, right. According to Ovid, it goes way back before the founding of Rome. Now, after the sheep pen was decorated with green branches and a wreath draped on the gate, Mm -hmm. the ceremony then took place. At the first sign of daylight, the shepherd would purify the sheep. First, he would sweep the pen. Then would construct a bonfire of straw, olive branches, laurel, and sulfur. Right. The noise produced by the bonfire was supposedly a a beneficial omen. I guess that would get the attention of the gods. Gods ever hear a fire, they're like, hey, what was that? Did you hear that? Did you hear some crackling? Can you smell that? that? It smells like sulfur and olive. It's my favourite flavour of craft beer. Love that. Um... The shepherd would then jump through the bonfire, Sounds right. dragging his sheep along with him. Oh, I thought you said his penis. Okay, dragging his sheep, got it. Now, I don't know if you've ever tried to drag a sheep anywhere, right? Not a big one. I know you've tried to, I know you've tried to enter one from the rear on many an occasion, but I'm talking about moving it from point A to point B. Very uh, difficult process. No, I tried to get it to hold uh, still, if anything. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, you're trying to get that little tail, hold, keep hold it held out of the way. Hold I mean, it's still. difficult. I so, trying to drag a sheep through a bonfire... Not good. Not the easiest proposition. No. Anyway, they would do this, apparently, somehow. Then they would offer millet, cakes, and milk before the god. Then... They got to round two of the ceremony. <laughs> After they offered the food, the shepherd would wet his hands with dew, like face this. the east, and repeat a prayer four times. Please don't let me fall into the fire. 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 I think it was. Right. Actually, the prayers were to ask the god Pali's assistance in freeing the sheep uh, and the shepherd, the shepherd and his flock, from the evils brought about by accidental wrongdoings, like they might have trespassed on sacred grounds or drank water from a sacred water source. They were like, listen, if we fucked up... In any way. Please, forgive us. Yeah. My bad. Um, Now, I don't know if, uh, like, you know, asking God to forgive you of your sins sounds familiar (laughs) in a ceremony, but... We'll get to it. The final portion of the rule 
festival was where they would use a beverage called Baronica. It was a combination of milk and sapa, which is boiled wine, mm. which they would drink. Right. Now, that sounds disgusting to me. <laughs> it does. Boiled wine and milk. Not cool. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, a little bit of your boiled wine. It's okay. A little yeah. bit of your, uh, what do you call that? The, the, the wine with cloves. What's that called? Um, well, you, like it's a wintry drink in the northern oh. hemisphere. Mulled wine. Yes. Mulled wine. Yes. Uh, it's got a bit of apple, cinnamon, a bit of caster sugar. That's got yeah. no milk. You don't put no. milk in it. Fuck the milk. Milk less. Anyway, he would drink that. Then, when he was nice and shit-faced drunk on the milk and boiled wine, uh, the shepherd would leap through the fire another <laughs> three times. God. Bringing an end to the ceremony. Thank God. Uh, now, this reminds me, of course, of the other great Jewish celebration. There's Hanukkah that we talked about, which is the restoration of the, the temple, temple the, the, right. the purification of the temple. Right. The other one is Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur, where they right. eat kippers, just, just fish. No. Yeah. Yom Kippur, which uh, I'm sure I've talked about before, this is the tradition in Leviticus of the two goats that they had to sacrifice to get God to forgive you of your sins. Right. And it's the basis of the trial of Jesus story and Barabbas and all that kind of right. stuff, which... I've told a million times and I tell it again in the movie, which it'll be out soon, so I'm not telling it again. You can watch the fucking movie. Cool. Now, Caligula uh, also, according to Suetonius, renounced any honours for himself or any acknowledgement in public of his unique status. What's yeah. that all about, Ray? Well, um, isn't he just trying to make himself almost like... Um like Augustus, I am just the first among equals. I don't need any special statues about me. I mean, is he just trying to send a message or is there something specific behind this based on something Tiberius or Augustus might have done? Well, from my recollection, uh, Augustus said no no statues of me except in the East. Well, you're right. going to do it anyway, so Far that's away. fine. Exactly. Tiberius ended up saying, yes, look, there are statues of me and Sejanus. That's fine. It's all good. Right. Uh, but Caligula's like, no, none of that. I am just a man, simple man. Yeah. <laughs> he uh, wanted no acknowledgement, no honours, no statues of him in the city. Mr. Humble, he used right. to call himself. <laughs> Humble is my middle name. Good Mr. guy, Anti-censorship. Right. Good guy, yeah. yeah. Caligula, Mr. Humble. <laughs> just they'd say, uh, he also... Uh, <laughs> Forbid people to greet him in any special way. So just call me Mr. Humble. That's yeah, all. Yeah. That's all. Just, hey. Not Dr. Humbo. But Humbo. Mr. Humbo. Yeah. Yeah, just Humbo. They call him just Humbo. <laughs> um, now, this is a great. Cassius Dio reports that the Senate, fearing that he might change his mind, uh -oh. issued a decree that this speech would be read every year. Ooh. Okay. What's going on? With this ray, um, is it a subtle way to remind him of what he's promised, or I don't know. What are they trying to pull over something on him, or just they think it's so freaking awesome they want to keep it around? Yeah, I'm guessing they can't just say you're going to change your mind on any of this stuff because this is like too good to be true. Right. Really, you're going to pull a dick move? They can't on say us. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So, and he could change his mind at any time, obviously. So yeah. they cleverly made the annual reading of his promises a way to try and hold him to account. Clever. So then he threw a massive festival, which uh, climaxed with the formal dedication. Thanks, Beavis. The formal dedication of the temple uh, to the deified Augustus, which he had completed. 400 bears and other beasts from Libya were killed in combat in the arena. Chariot races were allowed. Right. Caligula himself appeared pulling a chariot like Phaethon correctly predicted by Tiberius that he would be the new Phaethon. This had never been done before, according to Cassius Dio, an emperor riding a chariot in the parade. Uh, But he did this. He's like, yeah, I've always wanted to do this. Now I can. Right. This is the new Rome. Mm-hmm. And he's the embodiment of it. Mm. Now, he also took advantage of his first consulate to simplify the rules of protocol. Oh. Um, he abolished the customary greeting to an emperor in the city, which I think was a bit of a reach around. Uh, he left that out. Yeah. And from yeah. then on, wanted to appear in the city as a simple... Average citizen, as far as greetings were concerned. Right. No, just, no, my liege, yeah. and taking off your cap and baggies. Oh, like, just say, just, yo, what up, Cliggs? Yeah. That's all. Or Humbo, I'll accept. Uh, the yeah. dude, Dudorino. What's up? Uh, yeah. You know, his, his, his dudeness. His dudeness. Um, that's all. That's all. It's fine. Right. Average yeah. Gaius. Yeah. 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 Just, hey. Yeah. yeah. What up? Mm. Or just the chin? Mm. Just mm. 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 wink, wink, nod. Just wink. A, <laughs> shooting, shooting your fingers at me like with a, just like that. <laughs> but don't turn but your hands course, to the side because that's threatening. Anyway, go ahead. Oh, really? He's still the sole ruler of the army, despite all of these reforms he's doing, uh, making himself look like. The good guy, yes. Caligula, Mr. Humble, Mr. Good Guy, at every step of the way. Right. At the end of the day, he's still filthy rich and controls the army. Good point. So everyone knows that. doesn't matter what he says, what he does. Yeah. At the end of the day, he's the fucking man. Right. And everyone knows that. Now, I wanted to finish up just by talking about uh, what he looked like. Okay. Uh... We have some good first-hand accounts of what he looked like, and to be honest, pretty unflattering. Seneca tells us that he had a pale complexion, was prematurely balding. Right. He's only 24. Sorry to, sorry to say that out loud in front of you, Ray. Like, no. I, held, I, I had my hair until my touching. 30s, so I was good. I was good. Mm, I beat him. Mm, mm. Had thin <laughs> legs uh-huh. and very large feet. Oh, Mickey Mouse. Suetonius, <laughs> you know those big white shoes or whatever he has. I don't know. <laughs> he had Mickey Mouse syndrome. Aww. Uh, yeah. Hello, I everybody. Clown, I was going what? with clown feet, but that's clown good. feet. That's good. Yeah. 
Suetonius adds that he was very tall and uncoordinated, had a broad forehead and hollow eyes. Oh. And Pliny confirms that as well. Pliny says his, he describes his eyes as regentes oculi, uh, which mm. apparently means hollow eyes. Now, he was supposedly so sensitive about his baldness that he would not allow anyone to view him from above <coughs> and objected to hearing the word goat and made any man with a fine head of hair shave it off. That sounds right. Actually, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm calling bullshit on that one. Yeah, that uh, sounds... Because there would be yeah. a lot of shaving going on. That's bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was the goat thing? I don't know. Okay. Maybe Just... premature baldness makes you look like a goat. <laughs> okay. Both Seneca and Suetonius describe him as being repellently ugly. Suetonius Aww. adds that he used to practice before a mirror to make himself look more fearsome. Sure. Seneca says that he had got his, exp his look down so perfectly that he could kill a man just by staring at them. That sounds right, actually. Now, i got to admit, Malcolm McDowell got that. He's pretty perfect <laughs> in the casting for the film. Much more handsome than this being depicted here. Right. Skinny. Yeah. Not that tall, but the look, he's definitely got the look. Yeah, the and, you know, at least from the busts that we have room, he was the spitting image of King Joffrey from Game of Thrones. <laughs> now, one other thing that he did when he took power was release Herod Agrippa from jail. Now, this gets back to my whole uh, um, Comedgeny, uh, Antioch, Seleucid King story. Right. So, um, people probably know the name Herod Agrippa. He turns up in the Bible. In Acts of the Apostles, he's called King Herod. Mm. Supposedly, he's the guy that had St. Peter arrested and executed. Right. Now, he was actually born Marcus Julius Agrippa, named after the Agrippa. Yeah. He was the grandson of Herod the Great. Now, as I said uh, earlier, we talked about this in earlier episodes, when Herod's in power, he's sort of a puppet ruler for Rome, a uh, big conspiracy with his sons. Uh, they're executed. When they're executed, young Agrippa is sent to Rome. Mm -hmm. Tiberius r raises him, likes him, gets him educated alongside his son Drusus, who's also a friend of his. The, and the future Emperor Claudius. They're all friends, hanging out. Right. Yeah. When Drusus was killed, Agrippa had to leave Rome. Apparently he'd lived a fairly extravagant lifestyle, borrowed yeah. a lot of money from the imperial treasury, yeah. couldn't pay it back. Oh, shit. And went on the lamb. Now, he was on the run for a few years. Uh, didn't go very well for him. He ended up returning to Rome, dick between his legs, where he was forgiven by Tiberius, who, in fact, entrusted him with the education of his grandson, Tiberius Gemellus. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And he develops a friendship with Caligula. Now, Agrippa was one day overheard by his freedman, Eutyches. Right. Expressing the wish that Tiberius would just get on, die, get it over with. Die already. So, so Caligula could take over. Right. And for this, he was thrown into prison. 
Tiberius dies, Caligula takes power, Agrippa is set free and made king of the territories of Golanitis, ah. which is what we call the Golan Heights, um, then Orontitis, Bartanea, and Trachonitis. Damn. Which is a big part of Syria, right. basically. Right. Um, he was also awarded with the Ornamenta Praetoria and could use the title Amicus Caesaris, friend of Caesar. Nice. Caligula also gave him a gold chain equal in weight to the iron one that he had worn in prison. And when Agrippa uh, got back to Jerusalem, he dedicated the Temple of Jerusalem to his ancestral homeland. Now, in 39, Agrippa returned to Rome, which brought about the banishment of his <laughs> uncle, Herod Antipas. Right. He was then granted his uncle's lands because there was still this, this tetrarchy going on. They all had broken up into quarters, yeah. Herod's old empire. Right. Which included Galilee and Perea, didn't have Judea, but later on, Claudius becomes emperor and gives him Judea and Samaria as well. So this guy, Herod Agrippa, yeah. under Caligula and then Claudius, well. ends up basically having an empire as big as uh, the Maccabean Empire, the Hasmonean Empire that Herod the Great had had. Right. So uh, there you go. That is the Jew story, the Judea story <laughs> part of it. Uh <laughs> How Caligula, good guy, even to the Jews, gave right. some gave them back their territory and their land, and gave them money and gold chains, and let them out of jail and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So at the end of episode six, Ray, yeah, what do you think of Caligula so far? Caligula, um, yeah, I mean, you can be cynical and say he's doing all these great things. He's still got the power and the money in the military, which is true. But he's doing a lot of things, making a lot of good decisions that technically, really, he doesn't have to. He's already beloved by the people. If he just comes in and doesn't kill a whole bunch of people or get babies to suck on him, he's golden. I mean, as long as he doesn't pull a Tiberius, is fine. But he's going the extra mile. The people love him. And he hasn't put a, a foot wrong yet. So far, he is a very sound, competent ruler. Well, that's the end of the first hundred days for him and uh, for Caligula. Doing a top job, yeah. top marks, 10 out of 10. <laughs> Next time, we'll see where it goes from there. Yeah. Can only go down from here, I guess. Yeah. A bit like, that's what you said to me in Vegas. <laughs> oh, I'm a pansy. But he's a racist player. This is gold. Everybody's I want this person dead. I want their family dead. I want their dog dead. Oh my beer.